Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay. Just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. And he writes for the Packers Post and We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. Gil, this was, um, man, just an anticlimactic bye week. Let's see what we we learned. Uh, We learned Romeo Dobbs is coming back. We learned David Bakhtiari might missed some extended time due to the uh, appendectomy that he had. And, I mean, he had not faulted for that at all. That's, no. that's not a minor surgery. So um, we're, we're praying for uh, recovery for him. Uh, getting uh, all the way healed back up. Um, of course, uh, it is nice for him to get to spend some extra time at home with his new child. Yes. Is there anything else? I mean, there's Pro Bowl voting. Um just not really relevant to the Packers this year. No, not particularly. As I said before we started to record, any Packers player who makes the Pro Bowl this year gets there on reputation, not on performance. Yeah, I think um, yeah, we had a, an Aaron Jones discussion, and we both agreed, like, just that his counting stats aren't there. Like, yes, he's been very good, but, like, he has so few touchdowns on the season that it's it's hard to make a Pro Bowl case for him even though his impact on the field is, is just undeniable. Uh, I think Rashawn Gary, if he had been healthy, absolutely should be in the mix for not only pro bowl voting, but also uh, all pro. He really was having a great season. Uh, maybe one guy that I would consider because um, it's easy to forget about special teams. I think maybe Keyshawn Nixon as a, uh, as a returner. Granted, he's only been doing it for a few games. That's so why the sample he's not size is so small. He's, he is currently sixth in Pro Bowl voting for return specialists. So if you guys want Keyshawn to get uh, to, to go to the Pro Bowl, go vote. It's not too late. You can still do it. He's sixth. You can pump him, pump those numbers up. It's not unreachable. So that would be the one I would think of. And I mean, that's about it, Gil, as far as the bye week goes. It's, it's, it's an interesting spot to be in because I think that we have weeks in the offseason where we're like, oh, man, you know, there's only like eight things that we can talk about. <laughs> and then this week we had the the bye week and it was like more anticlimactic than some some offseason weeks. Yeah, it was all quiet on the Western front. Actually, one other piece of news that I think is worth talking about the uh, the, the wrapping, the, the splint uh, or the tape, whatever it is that yeah. he's been using. Aaron Rodgers thumb is free. And he. Got to see the afterlife. That's right. According to. <laughs> Which is more than I could say. So, <laughs> Well, you clearly have not done enough ayahuasca, Gil. Well, you know, maybe next lifetime. What could I tell you? <laughs> There's uh, so, so he was talking on McAfee about how using ayahuasca has helped him process Y2K finally in the year 2022. And it called to mind, Gil, do you watch, did you watch The Office? Uh, no, I actually, I'm, I'm one of the few people who did not, although I think I, I would like to give it a shot. It's pretty good, but, but skip season one, just jump into season two. Okay. Okay. You can go back and watch season one after you've already fallen in love with the show and kind of watch it for posterity. But it's, um, certainly the first, the first episode and the first couple episodes are definitely hard to get into, but there is a character Ryan on that show who, um, at, at one point he's been, uh, treating all his coworkers very 
badly and then he gets humbled and so he comes back and he's going around and um making appearances as though he's trying to apologize for his actions but he's he's not ex- really actually taking any responsibility and so he goes over to the to this girl that he had dated in the office and he says yeah you know i'm sorry about uh, all all this you know the way i've treated you over the last couple of years uh i was you know i was in my mid 20s and I don't really think I ever fully processed nine eleven. <laughs> that's what I thought of when I heard Rogers talking about trying to process Y two K. Yeah, it's it's a little late, but hey, you know, look, if that helped him get over the anxiety and fear that he felt about it at the time and helped him to process that, that is progress. All right, so let's talk about uh, progress that we can make uh, toward the goal of getting into the playoffs. So we're facing the Rams a very interesting spot the Rams find themselves in right now um so they lost Matt Stafford they brought in Baker Mayfield he was truly heroic came up with uh, an incredible win that was that was very very impressive and now I think we have massive questions about how good the Rams are because you know, they were on this massive losing streak. And now all of a sudden you wonder like, okay, yeah, Baker has had a, a rough uh, year and a half. Um, and then he came in and played really well. He, did he play better than Matt Stafford had been playing all year? Or you know, did the rest of the team just step up? What was the real, real reason for their win? And can they carry that momentum forward against a green Bay team that is coming back from a bye week. And you would think that that would be an advantage for the Packers. If you didn't follow the Packers and we know <laughs> how the Packers and bye weeks go. Well, last week, last year rather was better. They beat the bears coming off the bye. first time under Matt LaFleur that they actually won a game after the bye. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, do the Bears count? I mean, I mean, they weren't a real football team last year. They they have not been for many years. This is this is the problem. Yeah, yeah. So looking, uh, let's see. Last year against the Bears, the final score was forty-five to thirty. The uh, this was the uh, third game in a row, if you count the two games prior to the bye, in which the defense had collapsed. Um, so they had finally gotten Rashawn Gary back, but not Whitney Merciless. They did call up 30 points. A lot of those were due to special teams. So um, that was an interesting game. And that game, I'm trying to see, was that game at home? Why did, yeah, why I believe it was. Yes, it was at home. So if you look at, I'm just curious, because this game is going to be at home in prime time. So our week against, or our, our, our week after the bye lost to Tampa, on the road, twenty was on the road, and so was twenty nineteen in Frisco. Uh, oh yeah, that was. Um, wow, why did I think that uh, that was the Chargers that we lost to coming off the bye? It was the no, that was before the bye. That we lost to the Chargers. Yeah, two weeks before. So on the road, uh, let's see. Let's look at twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen uh, on the road at the Rams. Oh boy, that game. Still to this day, that is the angriest I've ever been watching a football game was that game against the Rams. <sighs> that was that was kind of the end of our season right there. Yeah. Um, all right. So you got three 
road losses after the bye. Uh, and then one home win after the bye last year. So this is at home, primetime, Monday night football. It should be, no matter what, a very exciting and fun game. But can the Packers do enough to pull out the win? They are favored by Vegas, according to DraftKings, by eight points. So the over-under mm-hmm. is set at 40. Packers are eight-point favorites. I don't, I don't like the Packers to cover, but I think they could win. The, the Rams are not a great team. I tell you this, I don't. It doesn't bother me whether they cover or not. But out of the remaining games on the schedule, this is probably the easiest, and they better win it. I mean, all this talk all year long from Rodgers and from Lafleur and from. Everybody else, oh, we we can still do this. We can still run the table. We, you don't beat the Rams at home. All of that talk goes out the window. And the Rams kind of don't have anybody right now. They're missing Cooper Cup. They're starting uh, Van Jefferson, Tutu Atwell. And, you know, I, I don't know how you say this guy's name because I have not um, heard it on TV. Bennett, how do you say his last name? Uh, Skoronek. I haven't heard yeah. it. I've just read it a million times. Scourneck, maybe. I don't know. We're probably both wrong. Yeah, we have probably. Tyler Higby at tight end, who has uh, not been great, um, but he's uh, been decently productive. Looking yeah. at uh, their offensive line, this is where the, the big problems are. Their offensive line has been horrible. Um, they let Matt Stafford just get pounded into the dirt all year. Their running back room has kind of been in shambles but right now they have cam Akers back and um obviously he's he's going to be the guy that you're going to uh scheme against so can they get enough done with baker mayfield and this um just ramshackled uh wide receiver room and wet toilet paper offensive line that's that's the big question (laughs) they don't have any guards um so they're they're left tackle Ty Naseki, um having a, a an okay year, uh, playing about as well as like um, the heck is our guy's name? Zach Tom, playing about as well as Zach Tom, uh, but he's been in the league for forever uh, since 2012, um, and uh, I would say looking over the course of his career, this is uh, roughly an average year for him. Struggles a little bit in run blocking, but a decent pass blocker. And then, of course, uh, they have Rob Havenstein back at right tackle. He's playing solid football. Those are the only two guys that you have any confidence in at all. Brian Allen, their center, really struggling. Uh, The worst year of his career was 2019, but this is a close second in 2022. His pass blocking grade is a 59.2. The only thing he's doing well at all is run blocking. And, you know, it's not it's, it's it's good, not great at best. Um, he's also been inconsistent. And if you look at, um, let's see, total pressures, he's allowed nine on the season, but he's only played six games. So quick math, that's what, one and a half per game, one and a third per game. Yeah, oops. <laughs> yeah, um, he's only been penalized once. Uh, but, man, that the, the pass blocking, yeah, I mentioned that the grade was, like, just a little bit subpar. And that is – with an 85.2 and an 85.6 grade the last two weeks. So he did really turn it on 
Uh, but the first four weeks that he played, weeks one, eight, nine, and ten, he was grading out in the 30s and 40s in pass blocking. So these last two weeks, he did really turn it on and has been doing a, a just monster job at pass blocking, allowed zero pressures in weeks 13 and 14. So he's kind of getting hot at the wrong time for us. We, we don't want to see that. Uh, but he's he's not been consistent over the course of the season. And I think you probably would bet on uh, a regression to the mean in week 16 here. Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, quite honestly, uh, my big concern looking at this and the way it sort of stacks up, I know the Rams running game is bad, but anyone seemingly this year has run on the Packers. And I'm concerned that Cam Akers is going to have the game of his season, if not the game of his career against the Packers. And, you know, the guy only has 376 yards all year. He's averaging 3.3 yards and his long run of the season is 15. And I'm just willing to bet that he goes over 15 yards on his long run Averages more than four yards a carry and maybe approaches 100 yards against the Packers. All right. Thanks, Gil. All right. I'm going to remove Gil from this call and we're going <laughs> to. I hope I'm wrong. Don't get me wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But. <laughs> so looking I, at, I mean, are uh, you confident in the Green Bay run defense? I have not been confident in the Green Bay run defense in years. Okay. So that so you're on the same page as me then. They're. Uh, two highest graded run blockers last week were right guard Coleman Shelton, who had uh, just a fantastic week across the board. 84.8 pass blocking grade, 88 run blocking grade. Mm-hmm. He was penalized once. And then Ty Nasecki at left tackle had himself a good day run blocking as well. 70.9. No other offensive lineman. Um, graded above a 57.2, and that would be left guard Matt Skura. Their run blocking certainly leaves something to be desired, but as far as pass blocking goes, last week, protecting Baker, they all the offensive linemen found their groove. The worst offensive lineman was right tackle Rob Havenstein. He had a 46.1 pass blocking grade. He was the only guy who struggled. The other guys, mm-hmm. 85.6 for the center, 84.8 for the right guard, uh, 76.1 for the left guard, and 71.6 for the left tackle. A, a, a very uncharacteristically good pass blocking day. Now, the the Raiders don't have much of a pass rush, and so that certainly factors into this. And I think that even missing um, uh, Rashawn Gary, the Packers have more talent getting after Baker Mayfield than the Ra- than the Raiders had. Mm-hmm. But but it's it is not encouraging that their offensive line kind of finally found their groove in the last uh, couple of weeks here and corresponded with a win. So um it, you know the, maybe looking at it for from a negative lens for the Packers uh maybe the Rams feel rejuvenated and inspired and and motivated and excited because of this really emotional win that they had. And it carries forward into this week I, for, for the offensive line. I really could see that happening. 
Yeah, I mean, that that is possible. And, and obviously the Packers have to hope it's not the case because, look, they're all must-win games from here on in. If, there's, if you want to keep those slim playoff hopes alive, you got to win out and get help. And, you know, the hardest part about that may be the winning out. Yeah, you and I, was it last week or the previous week? I think you and I made a predictions. So uh, Rams, Dolphins, Vikings, Lions is the scheduled to close out the season. And and you said that you thought that they would beat the Rams and the Lions lose to the Dolphins and Vikings. I said I thought they would beat the Rams and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we both acknowledged, like again, it's it's not a talent issue. <laughs> the Packers are talented enough to, to run the table here uh, with ease. The problem is motivation, uh, execution, uh, discipline, you know, not committing stupid penalties, um, coaching. Yeah. You know, adjusting what, though, all, mid-game adjustments or lack thereof. Uh, yeah, I, I, I will just say, though, the the play calling from Matt LaFleur has really, really been good. I mean, he against the Bears. All right. The. Uh, the Bears DBs were draped over our receivers all day long, and it wasn't getting called at all. But still, even with that, Packers wide receivers were open on almost every single offense play, offensive play of the game. And the problem was just that Rodgers either wasn't seeing them or saw them and, and still decided not to throw it to them for whatever reason. I don't know whether mm-hmm. he thought whether he thought that something better was going to develop down the field or whatever, but every, almost every, with the exception of maybe two snaps of the entire day on offense, there was at least one receiver open. Matt LaFleur really has not lost a step in play calling. I don't think, I think he still is drawing up a, a really good offense. And I think enough guys are executing that if Rogers would just throw to the open guy, you should never punt all day long. You, re- you There's no excuse for punting. Uh, yeah, you had, a, uh, I think, two drops in this game, but way more plays where Rodgers just did not throw to a guy who was open. So so I, I will just say, if we're talking about coaching, yeah, I think when it comes down to um, discipline and effort, yes, I, 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 will, I will have some gripes with the coaching from that standpoint, but when it comes to um scouting opponents and putting together the game plan and play calling i have a lot fewer gripes than most anybody else who is covering and talking about the packers well my gripes are more in the area of in-game adjustments and it's it's more on defense than it is on offense but you know it, it still bothers me that this team just does not seem to adjust well in game to you know, in the first half, something isn't working on defense, something, uh, you know, the opposing team is doing very well. And it seems like they continue to do it well in the second half because we don't fix the problem in game. And that is very, very frustrating. On the defensive side of the ball, I'll absolutely give that to you. Offensively, I I, I think that so much of it comes down to the quarterback. and yeah. And when you got guys who are wide open and when you got, uh, you know, when, when you're getting positive yardage, just about every time you touch the ball running, I just, I, I have a really hard time griping about Matt LaFleur 
and in-game adjustments. Like, what do you want? You want him to adjust so that guys are even more open than they are? Like, how, <laughs> you want him to get more open than wide open? Okay. <laughs> right, right. But, yeah. You to make I mean, an in-season adjustment by putting somebody else on their center. How's that? Well, yeah. I mean, there's in-season adjustments, in-game adjustments. And, and I think, in general, I mean, I think both of us have had issues with why haven't you substituted for a guy who hasn't been effective for so long? Can you say Amari Rogers? Uh, I mean, you know how he was still returning punts all this time, especially when we see what Keyshawn Nixon has done. Uh, you know, that's, that's mind boggling, but. Well, they, they didn't want to cut him. That's all it came down to. We, I mean, we've had that conversation before, but it was the second you take him off punt returns, you're cutting him. So. Yeah. And they did. That's what it was. Looking at uh, receivers that we have to cover, the most impactful receiver they have right now is uh, Bennett Skoranek. We, we really should look up how to say his name. Yeah, we should. I, I can pull up a video. He is averaging two point, or, or last week he averaged 2.41 yards per route run. Um, that led the team um, among guys who played. Where's my column here? I lost it. One guy, tight end Bryson Hopkins, is above him. He was targeted once, and he caught it. Um, mm. And he hardly played any snaps. Looks like he played three snaps all game, so I'm not going to include him. Right. Bennett Skowronek. Pronunciation. Doing research on Skowronek. 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 That's how you say okay. it. Skowronek. According to Wikipedia. All righty, Skaronic. So he's the guy you got to watch out for the most. Um, did a, did a, a pretty good job in this game. Looking at uh, Bennett over the course of the whole season, kind of seems like just in the last three weeks, he has really started to come on. Prior to that, he just wasn't doing much, um, not grading out very well. Um, it, you know, really kind of coincided with the um, – the loss of Cooper cup that he started getting all these opportunities as a receiver, but he ran a bunch of routes and just wasn't being targeted earlier on in the season. Mm -hmm. He was running, uh, 45, 30, 20, 49, 43, 19, 16, 40 routes last three, last, uh, two weeks, he has run 31 and 38. And, uh, that is up from 18 the week prior. And you do see a jump in his grades across the board, um, almost like uh, getting him the ball more frequently has maybe boosted his confidence in a similar way to Christian Watson. So he's he's getting a little bit hot, but it's 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 only a three game sample size that you're really looking at. Uh, but he has been progressively getting better all three of those weeks. So you'd expect the trend to be for him to play even better here in week 15. Yeah, and I and I think the other thing is, and, and I think we saw this with the Packers, when you lose Cooper Cup, who is such an elite receiver, you know, if anyone was going to say someone was a better receiver last year than Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup was on that short list. Right. And, you know, you lose that guy, someone has to get those, those uh, targets, and he stepped up. He's done a very good job, and as a result, when he got this chance, once Cooper Cup was out of the lineup. Yeah, Cup has missed four games now, 
and you can see it took him a, a few weeks to kind of find a uh, rhythm since he left. And, and you know, the, the offense has not been great all year. Uh, they did score 17 points against the Raiders and one. And obviously that had a lot more to do with the Raiders offense, not being able to get anything going. Uh, they put up 23 points against the Seahawks, whose defense has been eh, good, not great recently. You, you, 10 points against the Chiefs. Go ahead. You want to hear a crazy stat? Yeah. Check this for me. But I believe that in all season, the Rams have scored more than 20 points only three times. They did it against the Seahawks. The... Oh, Lordy. 24 against the Panthers, 27 against the Seahawks, 24 against the Panthers. And 31, I think. Or they they topped 30 once. 31 against the Falcons. And that's it. They hit, of, one, they hit 20 exactly against the Cardinals. Yeah, they hit it a couple of times, but over 20 only three times all year. 10 points against the Bills. 9 against the Niners. 10 against the Cowboys. 14 against the Niners again, 13 against the Buccaneers. I mean, these this is pathetic. 10 again against the Chiefs. So they had they've had more games with 10 or fewer points than they have 20 or more. That's yeah. pretty wild. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they've it, not it, been good. It, I mean, it's it, been dreadful. The only thing they've had going for them all year has been the defense. We probably should talk about the defense. We definitely should because they have been pretty darn good. Let me, um, all right, impact player injuries. Uh, Aaron Donald, questionable to play. I suspect he does play, and I suspect he tries to choke out whoever is, um, let me think here, who's new on our offensive line that he don't try to choke out yet? Zach Tom. It is definitely Zach Tom's turn. Is there anybody else? Yash Nyman. I bet it's Yash. <laughs> of course, you know, they're both tackles. It's always an interior guy. Uh, Lucas Patrick, Elton Jenkins. So uh, maybe, you know, it's John Runyon's turn. John Runyon or or Josh Myers. They need to get choked out by Aaron Donald. Um, it's like could a right worse. They could, get, could be worse. They could get stepped on by Ndamukong Sue. True, but he's with Philly. We already played them. I know. And I'm True. joking anyway, but yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's a right of passage whenever we beat the Rams. You got to get uh, got to get choked out. And then the refs may or may not penalize him for it, even though they always see it and come over and break it up. They may or may not penalize him for it. Well, you know. Obviously, Cooper Cup on IR. This is the uh, biggest impact injury. I would I would say even over Matt Stafford because uh, Cup is just a, a much much better player than Stafford, particularly this year. And of course, you know, there some of their offensive line struggles have come from the fact that they are missing Joseph Noteboom at left tackle. Um, he's been pretty good for him the last couple of years. Ernest Jones, linebacker, is questionable to play, and that one might be impactful especially in, 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 um, in, in, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like Aaron Donald and Ernest Jones, both being out the impact that that would have on run defense, because the Rams are extremely good against the run. They are good against the run. And to me, I look at this, the Packers cannot allow themselves to abandon the running game too soon. You got two linebackers who are both pretty good. Bobby Wagner, of course. Have you ever heard of Bobby, Bobby Wagner? Just, you know, out of curiosity. Mm, might have heard of him once or twice over the years, yeah. 
91.1 run defense grade. Ernest Jones, 79.2 run defense grade. So, you know, looking at the rest of the guys that they have there, uh, Leonard Floyd, just so-so in run defense. Obviously, Aaron Donald we don't need to talk about, uh, but it's somewhat questionable if he's going to play. Defensive end, Marquise Copeland is okay against the run, and that's the only thing he's good at. I think missing Ernest Jones, you know, not that it really offsets just how good Bobby Wagner has been playing and what a freak Aaron Donald is, but uh, I I think that it's, I think it's not insignificant that you might have to um, downgrade that second running back position or uh, linebacker position. You know, if if you're trying to figure out who else uh, is going to step up, you know, Daniel Hardy, is a linebacker for them who has only played in two games. Um, he's only played six snaps in run defense, period. Christian Roseboom has played in two games. He got three snaps in run defense. Uh, I mean, nope, there's nobody else. It's Jake Gervais, who's played one game and one snap on run defense. It's it's uh, you're, You'd have to be asking a guy who has not really played all year to they step, step up. up. Yeah. Yeah. If, if Ernest Jones can't go, I just think that that's enough of a of a weakness. You got you got to take that seriously. Well, but the key again is taking advantage of it. And if you're not finding those open receivers, uh, it it doesn't matter. Yeah the the Rams in coverage have been good, not great. Jalen Ramsey, who I've always said is very overrated this year is having a a particularly bad year by his standards. You know, if you like what he usually does, I think that you are disappointed with him so far this year. He's coughed up seven touchdowns. Um, He's allowing a a passer rating of 123.9 when targeted. The longest uh, reception he's given up all year is 53 yards. He's given up 178 yards after the catch, 579 yards total he's giving up almost 77 percent completion 68.7 i mean this is a horrible year for jalen ramsey um and i mean honestly if you're looking at um other cornerbacks who have been playing well uh grant haley has been playing almost as well as jalen ramsey but he's out now he's on ir uh troy hill cornerback i've liked for a number of years is the second highest uh, active cornerback that they have. He's got a 68.8 coverage grade. Um, he is allowing a passer rating of 96.2. He's given up two touchdowns on where's the receptions. Where's the receptions receptions, 24 receptions, two touchdowns. Um, he's, he's allowing a lot less damage than Jalen Ramsey. Um, but granted, that is in eight games to Ramsey's 13. So I exactly. Think, I think it looks a little bit more similar if if you play the same number of games, but Ramsey still, um, you know, and, and it comes with being asked to cover the better receivers. I think uh, Ramsey maybe is the guy you pick on a little bit more than Troy Hill. I'm not, I don't know. Well, uh, no, Troy no, Hill is, no. Troy Hill has one interception on the season. So does Ramsey, but Ramsey has broken up 11 passes, Troy Hill three. You pick on Troy Hill more than Jalen Ramsey, but I, I think you feel okay about throwing on this defense no matter what. I, I agree with that, and I think 
you know, you have to look, they come in using the old fashioned average, you know, passing yards average per game. They're 21st in the league with 228.6, 228.6 yards per game. And when you think about it for a team that's four and nine, they've been losing a lot of games. You would think teams would run on them. So the pass defense has got to be pretty weak when you're, you know, losing games and people are still able to pass on you. We got to talk about safeties as well. If we're talking about the passing defense, of course, Taylor Rapp is, is, is playing good football, but the other safety they have, Nick Scott, been a, a, a liability all year. He's got a 52.1 grade. He's given up three touchdowns. Um, he has played uh, all 13 games. Just doesn't really have you know, the impact stats that you're really looking for. He's got, he has three pass breakups and that's it. Um, there's, there's no other stat that he has that, that uh, you feel good about as a Rams fan. Nick, Nick Scott. Well, he, he leads the team with two picks. Yeah. But again, everybody else has one. So right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, two picks. Woo. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, he's, he's, um, as I mentioned, his grade is not great. Um, and most of the uh, benefit that he's getting there comes from week one and week 10. And if you look over the last four games, 62, 42, 44, and 61, he's been struggling recently. The one thing he has been really good at down that stretch that he struggled with early on in the season is tackling. He figured out how to wrap up. And obviously, you know how I feel about tackling. Um, I... I, I uh, think that this is a good sign for the direction that the Rams are going in. And they did only allow 16 points to the Raiders. They did cough up 27 to the Seahawks the week previous. And, and I mentioned to you that kind of my standard is 27 points. I think that you uh, expect your defense to hold the, uh, the, the opposing team under 27 points and you expect your offense to put up at least 27 points if you want to win the game. So I would say, Last week against the Raiders, the defense passed the test. The offense did not, although but they won the game. Previous week, I don't think either side of the ball passed the test. They, it was a 27-23 loss. They have been extremely, you know, below par. Look, they went all in last year to win a, a Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl, and now they're sort of paying the price for it. Yeah, now uh, one thing that we should probably look at is uh, two weeks ago, they played the Chiefs, and they held the Chiefs to 26 points. Now, they only scored 10 points on offense, but I think that 26 points to the Chiefs is something to look at. In that game, uh, the guys who grade out positively, Bobby Wagner, uh, Jonah Williams, Taylor Rapp, Bobby Brown. I forgot about Bobby Brown. Is he? What's going on with him? Why is he um, not starting for them right now? Why is Bobby Brown not starting? He's a good player. He is. Let's see here. Uh, let's see. Bobby Brown has played. I'm trying to pull up his whole year. I lost my tab again here. Okay. Bobby Brown has played only five games, weeks 10 through 14. And the highest number of snaps he's played all year is 17 um, against the Seahawks. So he's been... He's been coming back from an injury, I guess. And that that's, uh, 17-snap game was the the one that he played the best. And I would be a little bit concerned about Bobby Brown if 
uh, they are, in fact, working him into the defense a little bit more. He played 17 snaps two weeks ago, 12 snaps last week. I mean, if he's if he's playing uh, closer to like 30 snaps in the mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. I think that that would have a, a pretty hefty impact considering that the weakness on defense is the interior defensive line. You know, and we're, we're hoping that Aaron Donald misses this game, but let's say that Aaron Donald can in fact play. And I, I think that he probably will. And you work in Bobby Brown more over say Greg Gaines or Jonah Williams. I, I think that that is bad news for the Packers run defense or Packers uh, running offense against a defense that has already been doing a good job against the run, despite missing Bobby Brown, despite uh, just downright bad uh, performances from Greg Gaines and Jonah Williams uh, over the course of the season. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that the Packers are going to be overly successful running the football. They just have to run it enough to set up the play action pass and keep things balanced. And if they do that, they'll win. If they, if they, if at the end of the game that a AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones have less than twenty touches, that's a big problem. I think you're right. The analytics analytics community will tell you that it doesn't matter how well you run in terms of of the impact that it has on the passing game. It just matters that you run right. in terms of its impact on the passing game. So I do agree. I think this game will be won through the air. But if you are not attempting to run the ball, that means that you're going to see Bobby Wagner dropping into coverage more. He's one of the better coverage players uh, on this team. You want Bobby Wagner more focused on trying to uh, seal off A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. If you can divert his attention away from the guys running routes, that helps your overall offense uh, quite a lot. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just not scared of Troy Hill and Jalen Ramsey. At this point in the season, just neither guy is playing their best football. Uh, I think they're certainly both more talented than what we're seeing out of them right now. Uh, See, that sounds familiar. It does, but, you know, we're trying to talk about the Rams here, not the Packers, man. No, I know. I know. (laughs) Uh, I guess the final thing we should probably look at is special teams. Well, they got a good punter. Riley Dixon. And they have a good kicker in Matt Gay. Guy's hitting 90.5% of his kicks, and he hasn't missed from inside 50. Hasn't missed an extra point either. Okay. Yeah, PFF overall would say that yeah, uh, the Packers are the higher graded special teams unit, which interestingly, they have climbed up to number 16 in the league. Okay, good. Which is crazy. Yeah, they you know, they started out at uh like 31 at the beginning of the season. We have talked about like so <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> a few weeks since we've checked in on them though. 16, that's great. The Rams are all the way down at 24. So the Packers have an overall special teams grade of 84.1. The Rams are at okay. 72.0. Now, if you compare the we two. We can, although we're at 40 minutes One already. thing you'll notice is that the Rams have more highly graded special teams players up at the top. And one thing, okay. you notice they, they're playing more starters than the Packers are. I, or uh, maybe playing higher impact players, uh, starters. 
so Bobby Wagner has played 45 special team snaps so far this year. And, and then unsurprisingly, he's their highest graded special teamer at 90.9 grade. They're also playing Jordan Fuller, who was a starting safety that for them for a lot of the year last year. Um, not really sure why he's not starting for them again on defense right okay. now, but Jordan Fuller is a good player. Um, he is the second highest graded special teamer they have at 90.3. They have two other guys who are in the 80s. and Yes, then, I can see you. Okay. Five guys in the 70s. Right. You can compare that to the Packers. You got it. What you'll see is a wider. Well, one thing the Rams definitely do have the, is is like solid special teams. And you, you look at the punter, one guy, Riley Dixon, yeah, averaging nearly 50 yards of punt, 14 punts inside the opposing team's 20-yard line, only two touchbacks. And then Matt Gay, one of the best kickers in the league so uh hitting 90 and a half percent of his kicks has not played. missed from inside 50 yards so all year long on field goals hasn't missed an extra point obviously i think the rams have an edge in this department uh, over the past has been doing a great job on special teams look at some other guys uh rasul douglas josiah Deguara playing excellent uh the downside that you'll see is that the packers have 18 Middle of the pack penalties so far compared to the Rams 11. Now, two of those uh, directly came from Jonathan Abram, who's no longer on the team, but still 16 compared to 11 for the Rams. Uh, that is not uh, unsubstantial. I mean, that's uh, what, like a, about a half a penalty per game more. I think you would expect on average for the Packers to commit one, uh, one and a half penalties uh, per game on special teams and the Rams to commit uh, just a little bit under one. So that is a negative there for the Packers. All right. Um, let's see. Do, let's, let's do our score predictions here. I'm going to let you go first. The Rams are eight point or sorry. The Packers are eight point favorites. The over and under is set at 40 total points. What's your score prediction? Ah, Green Bay Packers, 24 LA Rams, 10. 24 to 10. Man, I promised myself I was not going to pick the Packers to win any more games. <laughs> I did promise myself that, but the Rams have just been so crazy bad. And this is Monday Night Football. It's prime time. They always play well. Prime time. It's at home. I think even coming off the bye, even with uh, the crazy Baker Mayfield win, I just I can't pick the Rams to win this one. I think I'm going to go... I think I'm going to go uh, 27-17 Packers. Um, so let's see here. I have 44 points. So I'm taking the over. I'm taking the Packers to cover, even though I said earlier on that it, that that was a risky bet <laughs> <laughs> to pick the Packers to cover. I'm still going to go ahead and take it. So you are also taking the Packers to cover, but you're taking the mm -hmm. under. So we'll see. And then um, – and we did not play last week, but we got to compare the uh, point total for the Bears game. So my prediction was 45 to 30. So I had the Packers covering. They were three and a half point favorites. I picked the over on 44 and a half points. You also had the Packers covering at 27 to 13. You picked the under. So I got two points. You got one point. So I pulled one point ahead of you. Uh, JJ 15, Gil 12. Let's play. Uh, Real quick, before we get out of here, let's play. Would you rather have Baker or would you rather have QBX? All right. So, Gil, roughly where in the NFL would you 
classify the current version of Baker Mayfield? Uh, rank him, you know, QB what? About 22, 23. QB 22 or 23. All right. So let's see. QB 22 is Kenny Pickett. Would you rather have Kenny Pickett or Baker Mayfield? Uh, boy. Uh, I'll take, I'll take Baker, I think. All right. Uh, QB 23. We're talking about PFF grade. QB 23, Jared Goff. Would you rather have current Jared or current Baker? Uh, current Jared. I would also rather have current Jared. All right. QB 24, Kyler Murray. Now, let me, let me check. Is it a Call of Duty double XP weekend right now? No, it is not. So, <laughs> Kyler, current Kyler or current Baker? For one game. Well, Kyler's not healthy now, though. Yeah, but but pretend pretend that um that he is healthy enough that he could play. Pretend that we are going to play the Saints. I, I would take Kyler if I if I were starting a team and needed to win one game. I would take Kyler over Baker. Okay. Uh, what about um? All right, QB twenty five is Matthew Stafford. Uh, would you if he's healthy. Would you rather be playing? Yeah, pretend pretend he's not on IR. Would you rather? Are you glad that Matthew Stafford is on IR and we're playing Baker Mayfield, or do you wish that uh, we were playing? I, I would rather face Baker Mayfield than Matthew Stafford. I would rather play Stafford right now because we know what Stafford is on this season, and Baker is more of a wild card. Like like we've seen Stafford all season, and it has not been enough. I mean, shoot, they they scored. 10 points or fewer four times this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I'd rather face Stafford than Baker right now. What about, uh, I mean, he just got benched, but Davis Mills for the Texans. He's QB 26. Would you rather? Have- yeah, I think I would, I, I would take Baker. All right. I, I think that 23, 22, 23 is right around the right spot for Baker. Interestingly, Baker is sitting at QB 34 in overall grade. <clears throat> and uh, let me see here. If you pull up, Week to week, of course, it crashes. <laughs> All right, Baker Mayfield offense. Here we go. I uh, don't know why they don't have his. Why do they not have his um, his game last week uh, against the Raiders up yet? They don't. Hmm. Oh, yeah, they do. Okay. They have it in a whole different table. That's funny. Okay. Got it. So uh, first... Three games he played, 47, 48, 46 were his grades. Then he jumped up a little bit at 58, 66. And then after his 66 game, he got benched. Then he came back in, played in week nine against Cincinnati, had a 60.8 grade. Played again in week 11 against Baltimore at a 57.3 grade. And then he had his second best performance of the entire season, against the Raiders for the Rams last week. That was a 61.9. So, yeah, I don't know. It's I think 20, 22, 23 is right about the right spot for him. He's he's kind of consistent, um, but consistently just okay. Mm-hmm. Just okay. Uh, you can't even call him good. Just okay. <laughs> and, 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 of course, he doesn't offer anything – uh, as a runner. So that's that's one thing you would con- take into consideration if you're comparing him to some of those other quarterbacks. And, and it's good for the Packers because we all know how well they defend running quarterbacks. Well, that is true. Now, he attempted 35 passes in the uh, portion of the game that he played last week. At 22 completions, one touchdown, no interceptions. 
Uh, he was sacked four times. And uh, I think uh, at least one of those was definitely on him. But the the uh, offensive line, I you know, we, we mentioned they played better, a lot better last week, but they still let him get sacked four times. So there is that. Yeah, they, they their offensive line has been a problem all year long. Final question, Gil, before we get out of here. Are the Packers going to run the table? Like, don't don't. Uh, don't don't uh, take into consideration the help they need to get from other teams in order to make the playoffs. Are they going to go four and zero down the stretch here? I'm still not convinced. I want uh, check back with me if we beat the Rams. I think we will beat the Rams. But uh, you know, if if you gave me a million dollars and said the only thing I can do with this money is bet whether or not the Packers win their last four games this year, I'm probably going to say no. All right, let's, uh, like you said, we'll check back after the Rams game and see if you got a little more optimistic cool. Gil. Happy Gil. And what about you? Oh, uh, no, I think they're going to, I think they're going to beat the Rams. I think that's it. I think they're going to go one and three down the stretch. That's, that's my opinion. And, and again, for the millionth time, it's not a talent issue. They could play well and beat these teams if they felt like it. And you just got too many guys who are just uh, unmotivated and discouraged and it just shows up on the field. That's 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 what I think. I think you're uh, spot on. All right, that's going to do it for us today. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter at Gil Packers and at JJ Lakey to stay up to date on all things Packers or ask us questions. You can email us at asknohuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show, and thank you for listening. Until next time. Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. Not